help my DTC grow, strategies and quick wins that build up 8-figure DTC brand. Avoiding mistakes when scaling up with email, tips and tricks based on 170 clients and 70 million in email revenue. Joshua Chin is an e-commerce expert who is the founder and CEO of Kronos Agency. Joshua Chin and his team at Kronos Agency have proven themselves to be the experts in e-commerce email marketing. We discussed the importance of email marketing, how to effectively use automation and Joshua's tips for growing an e-commerce business. Tune in for valuable insights and how to take your e-commerce business to the next level. You will get the answers for the following questions. How to set up an email system for scaling up? What are the common myths about scaling up with email? What are the key revenue generating funnels for an e-commerce email system and how to do they work? How to avoid the top mistakes? And of course, I'm here to help your DTC brand grow, so I ask all my favorite questions at the end. Books to read, mistakes to avoid, quick growth tips and tools to use. Now let's get ready! What are the steps involved in setting up an email system for scaling an e-commerce business? What are the most important things? Most important things in setting up an email system for scaling an e-commerce business uh, for success comes in three parts, right? It's people, processes, and platform. Now, let's talk about platform. That's the easiest part. If you're on Shopify, Klaviyo is probably your best bet. If you're on a custom-built site, Klaviyo might serve its purpose as well or if you have a tool of your choice totally fine but what you want to look out for in choosing the right email system is that your email software should allow you to retain control over personalization and segmentations of your audiences this allows you to create messages and communication streams that are hyper targeted at the right people with the right message at the right time and that's exactly what you need Clavio does it really well. We're full transparency. We're a Clavio elite partner and, uh, and we're big fans of the, the platform. The second part with processes, you need good processes on three parts. Number one, strategy. You need a good strategy. And this is, I, I cannot emphasize this enough. It is not enough to have a template that you use over and over again for your email marketing. When it comes to email, could and it should generate up to 30-40% of your total revenue, you cannot treat this lightly. Strategy is paramount and there's there are tons of tools and tons of resources out there that help you with strategy. Uh, if you're interested in checking this out, a resources page on Kronos Agency is a great place to start, but you got to get that down pat. And often that's either that either falls on your marketing strategist, your CMO, marketing director, or uh, someone running that part of the department. Then you need copy. Strong copy is what sells, and then design is what puts it all together in a way that captures attention and makes things all work out. So strategy, copy, design, and you need someone to implement them all together. Finally, people. And uh, it's actually related to process. So you need a process for strategy, you need a process for copy, and you need a process for design. And you need people that are great at what they do for all three functions. And that's what makes a great email system. And how do you decide on which strategy to use when the DTC brands ask you to help, use, help them scale? Now, that's a great question. The strategy depends on what industry you're in, 
what stage of business you're in. The number one place that I like to start from is by understanding the brand's customer journey and how people interact with the brand. What I mean by that is the first question that I would ask, how long does it take for someone to convert? That addresses the pre-purchase phase of a customer's life cycle with a brand. And that allows you to unblock and unclog that process so that it's easy and seamless for a potential customer or a subscriber or a visitor to become a buyer. This can come in the form of a welcome series, building out a quiz funnel with an amazing tool like Optimunk, uh, building out lead generation capabilities with your site, as well as the card abandonment and the wide series of abandonment flows and automations that you can think of. And that's where I would begin because that opens up the funnel up top to allow for more customers to flow into your email system. And that's where retention comes in. That's where uh, lifetime value and long tail of retention and lifecycle marketing comes in. What do you think? What are the common myths about scaling up with email, SMS, or other tactics? The common myths uh, about scaling up with email, SMS, and, uh, and or other tactics. Now, the common myths are, number one, it's a set it up one time and forget about it type system. Email and SMS, it's not a set it and forget type system because you need to constantly optimize and improve upon your system to ensure that it's still generating that 30, 40% of your revenue uh, with those systems. If it has such a massive impact on not just your revenue, but your bottom line, you need to give it the love and attention that it deserves in order for it to perform it at its best. And what this means is that you have to run split tests, you have to hyper-personalize, and you have to understand your audience as your business grows and as new segments arise over time. So that's the number one myth that people don't realize and don't pay attention to. And what are some of the top mistakes that e-commerce businesses make when they want to scale up uh, with email or SMS and how can they be avoided? Some of the top mistakes can easily be avoided by studying your competitors' email programs. As a consumer, what people don't realize is that as much as you are a business owner or an operator or a marketing director, you're also a consumer of your own products. And if you put yourself in the shoes of a consumer and study the, the content, the emails, the SMSs that your competitors and your own brand is putting out, you will have a good sense of what captures your attention, what moves you forward into the next stage of conversion and what hinders you from moving forward. That's step one. And that's fairly intuitive. The second mistake that I see lots of e-commerce businesses make is not paying attention to email structure where most of our attention goes to as their response marketers and e-commerce marketers would be to look into copy and look, to, look into design. But what we often miss out is that the structure of the email and how, for instance, the first CTA button is positioned, how it overlays with images in the background of the email, what the email design looks like in relation to the font, the font size, and the entire layout of the email affects how people perceive your brand, but most importantly, 
how well they convert into the next stage. So that's one of the things that I would definitely look into and study deeply if you want a successful e-commerce email and SMS program. And what do you think? What are the key revenue generating funnels for an e-commerce email system and how do they work? The key revenue generating funnels for e-commerce are three parts. In my opinion, if you only have time to optimize just three things, these are the three funnels that I would spend most time on. Number one, the welcome series or what we call a customer acquisition flow at Kronos because it helps you turn visitors into customers. And that combined with a lead gen system using a tool like Optimunk, incredibly important because that opens up the funnel to more people, more visitors into subscribers that would flow through your funnel and convert into customers and repeat buyers over time. The second highest revenue generating funnel is the cart abandonment flow. This is where most people get wrong. A cart abandonment system should be converting at 10 to 15% minimum, depending on what industry you're at, for all cart abandonments. So you should think about your cart recovery system rescuing 10 to 15% of carts that are abandoned. The industry average at this point in time stands at about 3 to 5%, which is terrible. So you could easily beat the industry average by optimizing uh, your emails, spending a little bit more time studying it and making sure that it's built in the right way. And certainly not the least is your post-purchase funnel. Your post-purchase funnel sets you up for long-term repeat buyers and lower returns and lower chargebacks and lower buyer remorse. And how to leverage these funnels, how not to sound too automatic and, and robotic uh, for the customers? First thing, personalization. Personalization is key when you think about creating a funnel that doesn't sound robotic or automated or kind of preloaded. The reason why funnels sound so inauthentic and how some of these emails and content sound so inauthentic stems from the fact that these emails are created en masse. It's for the masses and incredibly general. But when you think about what your audiences care about, starting from there, and then you break down your audiences into segments of unique categories of people. For instance, if you sell pet products, you can't possibly speak to a cat owner in the same way as you would speak to a dog owner for an example, you would have to create content that are dynamically adjusted based on what category of consumers you're speaking to. And if you're able to create a welcome series that is tailored specifically to your audience based on the category of, you know, people that uh, you've identified to be in certain segments, you're going to win. The best way to accomplish that is through either a identifying the behaviors that you're consumers are exhibiting on your site. For example, if you're spending a significantly higher amount of time on product pages that relate to cat products, that could be a good indication that you're speaking to a cat owner. So that's an example of 
uh, creating segments and, and personalizing based off behavior. The second option is to rely on what we call zero-party data. And that's data that you actively collect from customers and prospects and visitors that give you information. So a good example of zero-party data would be first name, emails that people key in to lead generation forms. And by using that, that gives you the ability to ask explicit questions like, are you a cat owner or a dog owner uh, or what pets do you own? And that's going to give you the ability to automatically segment your customers into different groups on the back end in your CRM or in your ESP and create automations that are tailored to those people directly versus having a general uh, email flow. Yeah, your your third option was for uh, key revenue generating funnels is post-purchase funnel. When to find a customer with a, with a post-purchase upsell offer series? What is the best timing and occasion for it? That, so a good way of thinking about it would be Again, putting yourself in the consumer's point of view and their shoes. If the product that they originally purchased is not even in your in, the, in your hands yet, they receive an upsell offer of some kind and they've probably waited for maybe a day or two and they're excited to receive your products, but all they got was an, an, another marketing email promoting a different product. My guess is as a consumer, you're probably not going to be too happy. The flip side of that is there are peaks and troughs in excitement and emotion for a customer going through a post-purchase journey. The moment a customer has keyed in their credit card details and the moment they click purchase and they receive that auto confirmation email, emotions are probably at a, at a high. Excitement and anticipation is probably all-time high. And that is a really good instance where upsells can be tested for. In our tests, we found that the third and fourth upsell and the third and fourth purchases are way, way easier with lower friction than the second purchase. The lesson that we took from that was if we're able to get people over the, the hump of making a second purchase, the third and fourth purchase purchases are way, way easier because there's mm-hmm. already established trust. People already know what it's like to, to uh, do business and, and consume from, from the brand. So what we've done is we created a second purchase opportunity immediately after the first by pushing, you can imagine this as a one-time offer using emails so that they're going through the purchase journey again through a second emotion, second high. And But the, the caveat is that that offer has to be really, really good and relevant so for instance, coming back to the pet example, if you're selling a dog product and uh, the, the customers purchase a dog related product and you're upselling a cat related product, that's not going to pan out too well, even if it's at 50% off. But if you're mm. selling a dog product and you're upselling a, another dog related product that complements the original purchase at a really good price point, that's going to pan out pretty well. And you're automatically creating a second purchase event that then translate to a longer lifetime value of the customer and longer retention. And you're compounding on the excitement of that purchase by twofold. And uh, as long as you're delivering on your promise, products are great, delivery is great, and uh, the, the customer success is doing its, its thing, you're going to have a good time. 
what do you think uh, how to revamp an existing email strategy if it's not effective you you said that before that it's it's not a one time job to set up an email campaign and and that's all uh, how to revamp it if if it's uh, if it's not effective how do you revamp an email strategy if it's not effective now that that's a you know that that's a question with multiple layers involved and the first thing that i would start looking into would be the key metrics that make email tick and that's open rates click rates conversion rates and revenue generated from email effectively just four things and you have counter measures which are the the negatives unsubscribe rates spam complaint rates bounce rates and delivery rates so those are the four metrics that you want to keep an eye on if your email system isn't working well based on these eight metrics you have a good sense of how your entire email system will be performing and with what we do at Kronos given that we have seen you know hundreds and hundreds of brands it gives us a good a, a good sense of what good looks like what excellent looks like and we have some internal benchmarks and you can most definitely google this there are tons of benchmarks out there Clavio has a really great one based on industry so go check that out and it's free and based off those benchmarks you can kind of tell if your system is working and working on what level and what parts are performing what parts are not performing which then allows you to make an educated decision on specific aspects of the system now if you have an email software that's set up and you have an email program with flows and automations and campaigns going chances are you're probably doing some some things right hopefully more things right than not and you're probably missing out on a couple of key components here and there your job is to identify what those key components are and spend most of your time fixing those and not revamping the whole system because that takes a crap ton of time once you're able to identify the key metrics that are below par dive deep into them and understand what makes those metrics tick for instance if you're seeing that open rates are amazing based on benchmarks they've seen and based on the conversion rates uh we're doing relatively okay but click rates are below average and what that means for the business is that you're getting less people on your site via emails so people are opening up the emails they're reading it but not they're not clicking through to your site which is terrible because you have tons of eyeballs but they're not landing on the pages that you want people to to land on that means that you could start split testing the content in your emails to optimize for click rates and that could be switching up your creatives split testing your CTAs maybe diving a little bit deeper into your email structure making sure that your CTA buttons are above the fold making sure that your above the fold content is engaging enough so that people want to click through or just studying some of your competitors emails and what and what's great about them and what kind of insights you can draw from those materials that's going to give you a much more targeted approach to so-called revamping your strategy versus and a complete overhaul yeah you've said that uh, there are already eyeballs on on the product Uh, what do you think about uh, re-engaging inactive email subscribers and turning them into active customers because they already laid eye on your product 
but uh, is it worth the time and effort? That's a really good question. Re-engaging inactive email subscribers could be the greatest thing that you've ever done for your business, or it could be a complete waste of time. And it's, it's really a matter of, you know, combination of the source of those email subscribers, the age of those email subscribers, as well as the lifetime value, the historical lifetime value of those, those email subscribers. There are two camps, right? There is the camp of subscribers who have never bought a single thing from, from you. And there's the other camp of subscribers who are previous buyers. Now, I'm going to kind of split this up into two, two categories, right? For previous buyers, what we're thinking about here is a win-back strategy. And the win-back strategy is incredibly important because these are proven customers that have made a purchase before. They have shown interest and intent at its highest level. Right? They've given you the credit card information and they've made a purchase. This is very, very valuable. And I would spend a significant amount of time studying why they have not come back and make, make a second purchase and what the inactivity looks like. It can come in two parts, inactivity. One, they're not visiting the site and they're not reading your emails at all. And they're just completely out of the ecosystem which means that they're either out of the life cycle, out of the journey, and you have to find a way to sunset those customers in a, in a way that, that makes sense. So this could be um, through, you know, a traditional win-back strategy would be offering a really steep discount, hoping they come back. It could also be launching a survey of why, you know, why they're no longer engaged. And you might have to test out different channels in order to accomplish this because they might not be responsive on email anymore. A good example of how this can occur would be if you're selling to dog owners, once again, using the same analogy, at the same example, if you're selling to dog owners and uh, they no longer have a dog for any reason, that could be a good example of why people fall out of the ecosystem and not buy from you anymore. On the other side of things, the second version of what inactivity looks like they are active on your site and they are browsing through products. And you can see that using your CDP, your customer data platform, or if you're using Klaviyo, it's easy. You can segment your audiences based off activity on site or active on site being the metric, but they are not opening your emails and they are not reading your emails for a prolonged period of time after you know sending, let's say 10 emails. That's a clear sign of disinterest in the content they are putting out via email. That's a good opportunity for re-engagement via an alternative channel. For example, meta ads, Google, or otherwise, which gives you a new opportunity to retarget people who may be interested in your products because they're browsing your site, but not engaged on email, which is a single channel. So think a little bit broader beyond email in that sense. On the other camp, with people who are disengaged and inactive, but have never bought from you at all. The, the two things that you have to realize, one, they may not be good leads in the first place. And two, they may be interested, but email alone may not be the best channel to com communicate and convert these leads. 
right? In either case, what you have to do is put these people through a funnel um, of re-engagement strategies. And you can find a bunch of those on online. And I'll, I'll name a couple of right here. Re-engaging inactive subscribers who have never bought from you before means testing out new angles on a subject line level, meaning you got to split test tons of subject lines in order to excite and engage these people. And again, you could do the same thing. Assuming that they're active on site and actively browsing and interested in your products, but they're not opening up your emails, this could be a sign of a consideration journey, right? Meaning they're considering, they're shopping around, but they haven't made a decision yet. So what does it take for customers and prospects at this stage to move on to the next level of interest and consideration? It could be showing social proof. It could be giving a really good deal with a time-limited offer. Uh, it could also be sharing some of your earned media like PR, uh, being featured on, 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 on the paper or being featured on a certain lists, that's going to allow you to understand what makes these people tick and convert them at a higher frequency on the back end. And finally, what I say is don't give up too early because it's a long, long game. And some people may take a week to convert, but some may take six months or a year. And as long as you're seeing activity and engagement at a level that isn't below, you know, a critical level, for example, if the emails are bouncing all the time, there's no point. Just get rid of them, right? And you're filtering those out so that you're not affecting delivery, deliverability and your ability to inbox. Uh, but if people are still opening your emails, but you're not converting, don't get rid of them too quickly. Keep them in the loop, keep them engaged, and eventually they, they might just convert. If you would uh, wrote a book uh, about email strategies, uh, what would be the title of it? A book on email yeah. strategies. Yep. Yeah. That's a good question. That's difficult. I'd say scaling profits with personalization. That's a terrible title, but just off the top, <laughs> off the top of my mind. I think a book title would be something along the lines of scaling profits with personalization. And at the end of the day, email is just a, a channel. And yeah. what underlies email and the foundation of it are one-on-one interactions between a customer and the brand that they uh, find affinity with. It, it goes beyond just a transaction. And the most successful brands in the world create a relationship and not a transaction. And the relationship goes beyond a functional need. There are deeper layers to a consumer's kind of psychology. For example, Apple products are a good example. Apple, the Apple iPhone serves the need of staying in touch and communicating with your loved ones and communicating with uh, the people you know and staying on top of things and being updated. There are, there are a bunch of functional needs that it's being that that's being fulfilled. But on the personal level, and most importantly on the more emotional level, it relates to different categories of emotional needs of feeling safe to feel secure that you know where your loved ones are that you know that your business is doing well <clears throat> that, that and that might give you security it might also be status 
that you want people to know that you're in the cool kids club by having an iPhone. And every customer segment has a different set of emotional needs and psychology behind them that if you're able to unpack would allow you to scale revenue in a significant, significant manner. And email can facilitate that in a very, very nice way combined with SMS and all the life cycle marketing channels. But when you understand that on a, on a, on a human and emotional level, it unlocks everything for your business. And last but not least, I want to give some seeds and nutrition for D2C brands. And I want to ask you about uh, four quick questions and I want four quick answers for that. Uh, what books or influencers would you recommend to read or follow for a D2C brand? Not necessarily for D2C alone, but Principles by Ray Dalio is a, is a great read. It set the foundation for our business and how we think about relationships uh, at work and at home and everything in between. Great. Uh, second is, what is the biggest mistake that uh, DTC brands could make? The single biggest mistake? The single biggest mistake that DTC brands make is not having an email and SMS system set up as you scale. And it may not be day one, but it should be present as you scale because you're leaving tons of money on the table by not having one set up. Could you tell me your quick growth tip related to uh, D2C brands that they could apply tomorrow? Split test your cart abandonment series. It should be converting at 10 to 15%, if not more. And if it's not, split test different ideas. One that I really like is a text-only email, text-based email on email number one after a 30-minute delay. And it should be written in the tone of voice from the founder or the brand persona. And that performs really, really well. Great. And the last question is, what tools would you use as a DTC brand for growth? The ones that I, I cannot live without would be Clavio, because that serves a, a whole ton of purposes across not just email and SMS, but also understanding customer data and, and creating personalized journeys uh, through that. Uh, I definitely need a, a lead generation tool as well. Optimum is a great example. Um, there are tons of options out there. And, uh, and Clavio has some of these things inbuilt as well, if, uh, if you're looking at it. I'd say those are the those are the main ones when it when it comes to if we're thinking about it from the perspective of email and SMS. Great, uh, thanks, Josh, for accepting my call and giving this tremendous amount of value for the listeners. No problem. Great to be here. And don't forget to try these tips today. For more seeds and nutrition, stay tuned for the next episode.